He said that Jesus Christ has risen And He is the open door How you doing everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show where we talk about life, we talk about liberty, and we talk about the pursuit of happiness and we show the world that as Cajuns do have intelligence. Hope you're having a good day, good week, wherever you're located and where you're listening because remember this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am running late. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Again, if you're listening to this when I don't normally drop the episode, you might, what is, what is Isaac's talking about? Well, I, I've been having uh, I've been having a rough couple of days. Let's just say it like that. Nothing major, nothing bad. It's just I've been having a rough couple of days, and I um, I, I wasn't gonna record this episode, and I sat down, I rested a little bit, and I I started thinking, you know what? I don't turn to this for comfort, but I need to be with my family. Now I do have my immediate family. Don't get me wrong, but the Cajun conservative family, you, the audience. Y'all guys are just amazing, um, and look, I, you know, one of one of you, one of you that are listening is Scott Ford, and uh, has been texting me all day, and uh, been encouraging me in the Lord, and I just want to thank Scott publicly for that. Uh, Scott, love you, man, and all the other listeners. You know, I, I know when we don't put an episode, y'all wonder what's going on, and uh, like I said, it was just a rough couple of days. wasn't planning on going to go ahead and do a, do an episode but like i said you guys y'all my y'all are part of my family i i've considered that a lot of people wonder why i do what i do and look I, I have a job that 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 takes up a lot of my time i have a ministry that takes up a lot of my time and a lot of people ask me uh isaac how you do it why you do it how you know you know you, you uh, i had one friend of mine very close uh, tell me, said I, I couldn't do what you're doing, and he don't have that much time as I have. Uh, he, I, you know, he has more time than I have, and you know, I just I love you guys, and I, that is genuine. That is from the heart. I love y'all. I love coming and be behind this microphone. It is a dream of mine that one day we would be big enough to where I could do this full time, and I can give you more than just two hours a week and give you my opinion. I wish I can give you five hours, six hours, or whatever the time span will be. Maybe one day we'll be on the radio. Maybe one day we'll be a national syndicate uh, podcast. Uh, one day we might be part of a big media company. Uh, I just, but you know, you you guys that have stuck through me, stuck with me through thick and thin. Uh, I appreciate y'all. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing today. I am doing this show for y'all. And, um, I love, I love podcasting as a passion of mine. And I've already come to the realization if I don't, if I don't make it big, well, guess what? I have friends on the other side of this microphone that listen to me on a, uh, on a regular basis. With that being said, I, I, I cherish every single one of y'all. I love the Cajun conservative family. And I just can't wait till one day uh, that we can meet. Uh, there's a lot of people that listen. I already know, but there's some I, I, I know, but I have not met in person, and there's some I've never met yet. But one day, one day, one day, we're going to meet. One day we're going to meet. And I, I can't wait to, uh, to be part of that. And just thank you. And this is why I'm making this show today. This show, it lifts me up when I know I can come to my audience and I can say, I love you guys. 
with that being said, I am going through uh, some some issues. Like we said, it's been a rough week. I know this episode is probably going to come out later than you expect. But guess what? Um, I know you're there for me. And if you can, say a prayer for me. And uh, nothing, nothing bad. Uh, nothing, nothing major. It's just been rough. Got some life things I have to take care of. And uh, keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer. That's all I'm asking. All right, let's go ahead and continue with this show. Uh, let's get to the politics of it. That's why we're here. Um, I want to go ahead and talk about something that you might be wondering why I'm not, you know, something that you, you're going to say, well, uh, hold on, there's something else going on. And I, I, I thought of something this week because June 13th, um, President Donald Trump was in, he was, uh, he was called to go to Miami and to stand in front of a federal judge. He pleaded not guilty to all 37 federal uh, felonies. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been the thing in the news. Trump's impeachment. Trump's, uh, not Trump's impeachment, Trump's indictment. Trump's court case. Trump's date. uh, What's happening after this. And the mainstream media, and even some on the right-hand side of the table, in the conservative media, has put tons of focus on the Donald Trump indictment. And I'm not against this. I'm not against us going and voicing our opinions, but I, oh, I've learned from a lot of older men that have been studying democratic ways for a lot long or liberal ways a lot longer than I have. And I always want to know what's going on in the back. We already know through the argument side that this is a political attack on Donald Trump. We already know this. They have hated, they have hated this man since 2015 when he came down the, the escalator in Trump Tower. That is that is that is obvious. I, look, people tell me, no, they're not targeting Trump. Trump's just an evil white man that 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 don't have no care for the law and everything. Well, we we but they 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 say this to to. I guess make their spirit if you if I had to or make them feel better about themselves. But ladies and gentlemen, it's it's not it is about that. They, 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 it's not about law. Correction, the Democrat. It's not about law. It's because they hate Donald Trump. We already know that a lot of this is politically motivated on the left. But I, I started I started looking at a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes that this has become a distraction for. Now, the Democrat Party is very good at distracting you from something that's going on here and to something that's going on there. It's, it's, it's the same way as a, music, uh, a magician. Uh, and I remember growing up, a lot of people would say, well, um, uh, a, uh, a magician is, uh, is part of the occult. And, and look, there is some, don't get me wrong, there are some people that, that, do, that play magic and they do things you can't, you can't, you can't answer. But they're starting to change, like a magician is starting to change their title. It's not magician no more. It's master, um, uh, ah, this the thought of it, a master uh, illusionist. Because what a musician, uh, what a, ma- a magician and a, or illusionist does, he points you to one area while he's doing something else. And this is what's going on with the Biden family crime synagogue. What are you meaning, Isaac? What, why, why are you saying this? Well, it's, and look, I brought this out uh, a couple of episodes ago. It's funny how the same day, the very same day, Trump gets indicted, and that takes over the whole news cycle. Biden, the, the, the FBI released a document 
that basically said that Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, took bribes from Ukraine. And the, 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 to get rid of a special prosecutor and Biden through shell corporations and family members got $5 million. That ain't small ch chunk change, ladies and gentlemen. That ain't small chunk change of $5 million. You know, a lot of people, and look, it's probably like pennies compared to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and with their income. And, and that just don't, uh, you on the left, don't come tell me, well, Biden, Hunter Biden can't pay his child support, baloney. That man is filthy with money and he's filthy in other areas as well. $5 million is maybe like a drop in the bucket or their minimal of what they would take. But ladies and gentlemen, $5 million is a lot of people. That's, that's a lot of money. But this document has come out. But what overpowered it? It was the Trump indictment. Just a few hours after this drop that Congress can look at this document. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you might be saying, well, hold on. Isn't that old news? Well, it's kind of funny that they, they, especially on June 13th. Now, I'm not saying... Grassley, the senator, planned it like this. But something happened while in the midst of all this stuff. It was Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, as I said, revealed something that Joe Biden, the FBI, and the Justice Department has been trying to hide for years. This alleged, this alleged uh, legislation, if true, should lead, lead either to the impeachment or the intimate, uh, immediate resignation of Joe Biden. This was Jesse Waters' film a few days ago. Uh, Primetime was shocked when we found out, found this out just a few hours ago, but it would back up everything that the media has been lying to you about if uncovered would sink Joe Biden's presidency and candidacy immediately. Now, what is he talking about? Well, there has been a growing concern that Joe Biden is being blackmailed for some reason. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we have Joe Biden, you know, because we they, I believe it has been proven, but it still is a theory in, in the scope of it that Joe Biden has taken bribes from China. It's also kind of funny that now that China is moving towards Taiwan, the U.S., under the orders of Joe Biden, is prepping our ambassadors and our uh, uh, our embassy in Taiwan to hurry up and get evacuated out of there. So you're not hearing that in the mainstream media right now because, well, the Trump indictment, that's all being hit. It's also not being shown in, in the mainstream media that China has set up based in Cuba and is basically a spy base and Biden isn't doing nothing about it. It's also funny that, and this ties into that, Ukraine has been getting billions and billions of our taxpayer dollars for a war that is, are we prolonging the inedible? That they will lose this, this battle? We, we just don't know. Ukraine has been strong, but and thanks to our taxpayer dollars. That is the only reason why Ukraine is still in the battle with Russia, I believe. But going back to this, we already we, the theory is going around that Biden has been bribed to go ahead and excuse me, go ahead and 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 and, and allow China and everything everybody to do stuff like this. Well, what did Chuck Grosley from Iowa reveal on the Senate floor the day just a few days before 
the Trump indictment that well, uh, a couple of days after the Trump indictment and before he went to federal court, Chuck Grassley said there's 17 audio. Now, this is supposed to be top secret, but it was done on the Senate floor. They, they can't get Grassley on it because he's talking on the Senate floor. Um, and the provision says you can't prosecute him for that because back in the day when this provision was put in place, uh, the founding fathers or whoever did, they probably didn't have television. So they didn't think it would be br widely known throughout the world if they said something like this. But Grassley went ahead and made the statement that there are 17 audio uh 17 audio files or videos that was taken from an executive someone in ukraine that set up these deals two of them have biden on it and 15 of them have hunter biden on it and is basically saying that biden and hunter biden took bribes now like i said look to be clear with everybody that's listening on youtube rumble and everywhere else this is not, this is not proven. Uh, Chuck Grassley has said he saw they was in that, that, that briefing or in that, that file that the FBI did not want to turn over to Congress. And, and now, now if there's nothing incriminating on why did, why did the FBI hide this? Well, we know that there's a two justorial system. We've, we've seen it with the indictment of Trump that they look under every rock on the do for Donald Trump to get him indicted. But then when it comes to Biden, Hillary Clinton, uh, Mike Pence and everybody else, it's a little slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. And they let them go on their merry way. Especially trying to get in for espionage. They, 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 ladies and gentlemen, 37 counts on Donald Trump. But Biden possibly took bribes. The FBI knew about it. And we don't, and apparently the DOJ knew about it because they run the FBI. And it wasn't told to the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, why didn't, why this didn't come out when Biden was running in 2020? Because like now, if this information comes out, his, his campaign is doomed. Also on that, a lot of people say, well, didn't he do that when he was vice president? So, but his consequences of vice president could be when he's president. And if he could be bribed like this, if somebody says, hey, I have videos and I can, I can tell people how you are, means he can be influenced by another country to go against our entrance as a country of America. And that's maybe why you, you might wonder why Biden's worried about Ukraine, why Biden's worried about China, why Biden's worried about this and that. It, it could be because they have something on Joe Biden. And if Chuck Grassley is correct, we're in trouble. And I agree with Jesse Waters from Fox News. This should be an immediate impeachment trial. Congress should, needs to get them tapes. They need to hear them tapes. And I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, libertarian, every person in that, that house, in the people's house, should, should uh, get rid of Joe Biden and put Kamala Harris in his, in her, in his place. Isaac Kamala Harris is just as worse. Yeah, but now we don't know about Kamala Harris, but at the same time, Hey, I know there's articles of impeachment to impeach both of them right now from a, uh, from a representative, I think, in Kentucky. But and it's not going through. And I understand why the Republicans don't want to go push it through is because they don't want to play politics with the impeachment process. But this is different. This isn't a witch hunt like they did with the last two impeachments of Donald J. Trump.
This is this is national security issues right here, ladies and gentlemen. But we we have to we have look and like I said, it is an allegation. It is it, it is a theory. All we can all we can do is trust Grosley to say what he read was correct. And what he said on the Senate floor because they oh this was this was top secret. Why did he say this? It causes national security crisis. How telling the American people that their president might be be bribed? And look, ladies and gentlemen, they don't want this to be be brought out. I have a news article from from the Daily Wire that says a lot of their uh, a lot of right wing conservative newspapers were uh, they were suspected. They, they, they it was. It was a glitch in the in the web server that they used, and uh, all of a sudden their websites went down after they reported on these stories. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, who's trying to who's trying to censor who? And look, uh, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's hard to be a conservative right now, and, and trying to get information out or our opinions out because you have big tech media fighting us every way, shape, and form. I put these shows out not knowing, hey, I might get censored. Why do I do it? Well, the reason is at the beginning, I said, I do this for the audience and I want people to learn the truth. And I do a lot of study to get the truth out there. And I love doing it. And great, thank, thank goodness to outlets, conservative outlets that let me be part of their platform so I can still get this show out there. But ladies and gentlemen, we, we don't know. We don't know when we're going to get censored because we, 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 we might say something that the left might get triggered on. But ladies and gentlemen, this, this right here, this, this story right here needs to be heard to the American people because our country's on the line. Our country is on the line. And, 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 and if we have somebody that, that goes into that White House that could be bought and bribed, He's not going to put the country's best interests at heart. He's going to put the people that have the evidence against him at best heart. And look, I, I've come on this program multiple times saying, hey, I don't think we should impeach Joe Biden. But if this is true and our president can be bought, we are in danger as a nation and we need to get our stuff together. And we need, we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to, to, uh, to, to ask the Lord to, to make a way to where we can get good godly leadership in the White House. If not, we're doomed. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. I'll be right back in a few moments. How you doing, everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun Conservative. And I want to thank Brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes' Dump Truck Service for their generous support of the Cajun Conservative and Brothers Just Searching. Hayes' Dump Truck Service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes' Dump Truck Service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. And made us whole. Not one hope, not one soul. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. I forgot to announce. I did an interview with uh, Norman Solomon. That's going to be on this episode right here at the end of the third seg- uh, at the third seg on the third segment. He is the writer of the book. I have it right here, which is called War Made Invisible. Uh, they reached out to me and asked if they can go ahead and uh, be part of the show. I said, yeah, come on. They sent me a book. Thank you to Norman Solomon and his team for sending me this. I'm in the process of, I'm still in the process of reading it, but it's a good read. Makes a lot of good points. Uh, Norman Solomon will be on the show and you can get this right now. If you just type in Norman Solomon on uh, Amazon and other book uh, companies, go ahead and check it out. I'm pointing it to the camera. If you're uh, watching on YouTube or Rumble, uh, great book. Go ahead and check it out. He will be on the show to talk about, uh, about his book, but I did ask him. Uh, about his, his his view of the Trump indictment. And uh, I didn't notice, and I got this in the interview. You're going to hear it. He was a Bernie Sanders delegate, and uh, he, uh, he he gave me another side of it. And as I do with all my guests, I try to be respectful as much as possible. And he, he brought out some points. I brought out some points, and we, we had a good conversation. That uh, is going to make the show run a little long. The interview was long. Why am I saying this? Because you're going to notice, if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, I have a different shirt on. Uh, so I pre-recorded that before this episode. And like I said at the beginning of the last uh, episode, uh, the last segment, I had a busy week. Uh, I'm already running late on everything. And uh, the midweek show is probably one of the hardest ones to do. Um, giving you a little background inside. Uh, because, you know, I record this either on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And uh, I, I release them on Thursdays. And with ministry and with other things going on with family, I just hey, it's hard to get this show off. But I, I try to do my best as possible. Uh, and this week was just hard. But guess what? The Lord, I, like I said in the first segment, the Lord provided. The Lord allowed me to do it. I just felt a up in my step and say, you know what? Heck on everything that's going on. I'm gonna do something I love with the family I love, and I I, I do consider you the audience, my family. All right, so moving on, um, I, I want to talk about two things right here. And uh, one is Fox News sent Tucker Carlson cease and desist letter over Twitter show. So what's happening, and going back to a couple of weeks ago, Tucker Carlson parted ways with air quotes um, with Fox News. Um, this came after the Dominion voting system um, trial, which I think Fox News should have took to trial. And I know what Fox News was thinking, hey, we're probably gonna have to pay a buttload of money if we lose. So instead of paying that billion, paying a billion dollars, we're gonna pay 700 and whatever million. We're gonna save a couple of million. And all of a sudden after that, Tucker was released. We don't know if Tucker was fired. Uh, I know the, the, the people at the Daily Wire believe he was fired, but that has not been confirmed. Uh, all we know that they parted ways. They decided we're not gonna go ahead and pursue Tucker Carlson, which was stupid in my opinion because tucker went ahead on twitter now he didn't sign an executive deal with twitter but tucker on a twitter video said i'm gonna be back and be back soon remember this ladies and gentlemen when tucker got fired people was worried like the view they were all happy oh he's off the air yay um they shouldn't have been happy because tucker carlson was gonna come back bigger and stronger and i i said this now tucker has put well, in his contract, he can't work for nobody else unless they buy out his contract. And that's how contracts work. Uh, imagine one day, Daily Wire, Fox News, somebody reached out to me and says, Isaac, we want you to have a show on Fox News. We want you to be a, uh, an exclusive person on Fox, da, 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 whatever. I sign a contract and a year into it, I say, mm, I don't want to do it no more. 
But if I had a three-year contract, it means two years. The rest of my contract, I can't talk on the. I can't go make a podcast. I can't. That's how contracts work. And it, in, in right, yeah, I think it's rightly so. It'd be the same thing if um, BGS Media would ever hit off, like I would hope, and I sign. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to use my good friend Scott Ford. I tell Scott, hey, Scott, I want you to be part of the BGS media. Here's a contract. You exclusive to BGS media. That's the only one you can record at. And Scott says, yeah, but if somebody, so if Scott leaves and go makes another show, I hate Scott. I hate to do this. I'm a friend to you, but here's the contract. You can't do that. And, and that's, that's how, that's how that this whole situation is working. But there's a little catch in it. So Tucker Carlson still has the right, still has the right to go ahead and post on social media, which comes out to Tucker on Twitter. Now, at the time of this recording, he has made three episodes. I have not heard the latest one. Um, the last one that I've seen almost hit 100 million views on it. And Tucker is just doing what Tucker does. Tucker did a monologue on Tucker Carlson tonight, and he has been doing a great job at it until they let him go. So he has went to Twitter, which is supposed to be a free speech platform. And he has released the show. Now, how many other people have seen it? Well, people have taken it, put it on Rumble, put it on Facebook, put it on uh, YouTube and all that stuff. They have done that. Well, Fox News don't like this because they feel that Tucker Carlson is breaking their agreement. Now, I like Fox News. I use Fox News. You, I quote Fox News majority of the time, that in the Daily Wire. And... Um, Fox News wants to sue Tucker Carlson. They sent him a cease and desist letter saying, hey, you need to stop or we're going to sue you. Now, Tucker's attorneys, uh, when they were informed that he breached his contract, they basically said, uh, one, uh, miss, I'm trying to close this ad. Uh, okay. Um, one of the, uh, uh, Harmit Dillon, an attorney representing Tucker, went ahead on Twitter and said, my friend and client Tucker Carlson will not be silent by the far left by Fox news. Dylan tweeted with a link to access story about Fox letter to Tucker Carlson. Dylan also said we will not appear on Fox until the network stops trying to silence Tucker. Um, so, so, but like I said, this is what, this is what Fox news was worried about. Ladies and gentlemen, Fox news was worried that Tucker Carlson was going to come back bigger and stronger. And it would make them look bad. If and look, I like Jesse Waters. I like Sean Hannity. I like Laura Ingram. They have not filled Tucker's spot yet, to my knowledge, uh, at, at the time of this episode. Um, but they have been tanking in the rankings. Tucker Carlson is is one of them television personnels that 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 you know is iconic. If you look, and if you ask me iconic TV roles um, in my lifetime. Dan Rather, I know he was a leftist. Um, or let's just say like this. Let's just say, uh, let me say commentators. And this is left and right. If you think of commentators uh, for, for, for television, radio, you would think Rush Limbaugh is my, on top of my list. Dan Rather, Tucker Carlson. Uh, I'm trying to, I hate to say it, Don Lemon. You, you, you know, you just think of this and there's, um, th there's a one, I can't think of his name. He, he announced the uh, Kennedy assassination. I, I can't think of his name at the moment, but iconic TV roles or iconic personnel. And like I, I mentioned Tucker in that list, Tucker is one of them people. Fox news is worried that Tucker Carlson is going to make money and they're not. And, and this is where the argument that the, uh, the, um, uh, this is the argument that Tucker's attorneys are saying is that, look, we are on Twitter. Now, to my knowledge, they have not signed a deal with Twitter and Elon Musk. If you watch the videos, there's no ad. So there's no revenue coming in from the video. 
unless something Twitter's doing and they're doing like Google ads or something of that nature that, that we do here in the podcast world. When we get so many views, we go to Google ads and we ask for sponsors for so many videos. So ladies and gentlemen, it's Tucker's Tucker's getting the views and Fox news don't want it because why Fox news has Tucker's brand. And maybe this is why they did not sell out his contract. I thought for sure that he was going to go ahead and go to somebody else, but Tucker's liking this. Tucker's liking this, t- uh, this, this platform of the social media, uh, empire that we all are on. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, t- TikTok, all of them. Tw- he's liking this. Why? Because he's not bound by somebody and he's not told what to do. It's the same thing with this podcast. I make the decisions on what we're going to talk about on this program at least brothers just searching we have a system to where the host we pick the topics we're talking about like right now we're talking about law and grace i know for a fact i have made people mad because of that topic because of our stance on that topic but nobody tells us what to talk about and we have the freedom of speech we can do so so ladies and gentlemen that this right here fox news trying to stop. I mean, look like i said i'm not against fox Fox don't talk about this. I noticed that Fox, if there's something bad about themselves, they don't talk about it. So, but there's, there's people in the world that need to talk about this and Fox news needs to let Tucker do If They care so much about freedom. If they care so much about, about, about having the conservative view out they need to let Tucker go and do his own thing. Cause I promise you in the conservative world, not the liberal world, but the conservative world, Tucker is very influential. And we need Tucker to get the truth out there. And like I said, 80, 80 some million p- views on Twitter at the last time. I, and I can go look, I'm not, I'm not going to go look at it for the sake of time, but yeah, Tuck, Tucker's making, making a name for himself. Tucker is making a name for himself. So, all right. All right. So let's continue. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, last week I laughed. Oh, well, last time we were together, I laughed because we were told that a trans woman who is a biological male uh went ahead and uh was going run uh be part of the the uh the the the, the california miss california pageant and i laughed and, and it's but i asked a question on that segment i asked i said how how low is, where where have our country gone and ladies and gentlemen i, I think we have sunk lower than that because ladies and gentlemen, last week, and I briefly mentioned it in a show, uh, in, uh, in, a, uh, in, in the last, one of the last segments I did, because of the, um, because of the, President Biden went ahead and signed some executive order uh, looking into book bannings, he says, and other things to protect the LGBTQ community. And I mentioned that there was a White House event for Pride, for the, for the Pride celebrations. And ladies and gentlemen, a lot of disturbing things happened in that celebration. One was that our American flag was removed to put a pride flag in the middle of the white house. I understand the gesture Biden was trying to do, trying to say, Hey, we're part of this LGBTQ community. We want to, we want to help y'all out. We want to make y'all, your voices heard, but ladies and gentlemen, and look, I, I, I don't know if I have some, any LGBT community people that listen to this show, but I know there's a lot of LGBTQ conservatives out there. And they're pro- I hope they're just as mad at this as we are, the, the straight conservatives. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who you are. But if you're the president on down, you should respect our flag. 
And look, the left doesn't. We can go back to the Colin Kaepernick incident uh, or when the left says that it is unpatriotic or it's, it's an offensive trigger to them when you see flags like what's behind me or see people that's patriotic and love the American flag that shows us that, 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 that we are free. That's a symbol of our nation and our nation is a, na a nation that is free for all. But ladies and gentlemen, Biden disrespected that flag because he took it down and put another flag. And a lot of people say, well, hold on. That's for the pride community. I don't care who it's for. When that flag goes down and another flag goes up, that shows defeat. <gasps> Isaac, that's harsh. No, that's not harsh. This flag should be up the highest of any other flag in our nation. I can understand Great Britain. I can understand stuff if our flag's there and it's lower than their flag because they're honoring their country. But in this country, you put our flag the highest. But Biden didn't do that. Biden went ahead and displayed the pride flag all over in a gesture to the LGBTQ community that we have your back. Okay, I can understand the president trying to show him that gesture, but why couldn't you put one of their flags up there? No, you put it the highest on the highest wall. I think there was two American flags on the side. So basically, and look, I hate to say this, basically what Biden was telling the American people that that pride flag and that community is more important than anybody else in America, and it's not. They are people just like us, and should we respect them as people? Absolutely. You should be respectful to all people, but no flag, no flag should fly higher than the American flag in America. But our president, backwards Joe, decides at this event, I'm going to put the pride flag above the American flag. Now, I've had people talk to me about flag codes because they say what I'm doing here is, is, is against the flag code. But ladies and gentlemen, this flag will not go beneath anything in this room. Now, this isn't the real flag like this right here. This isn't the real flag. This is a, 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 a wood a carving and it was painted the American flag. But a real flag will not fly any it will not fly lower than any other flag in this building. But according to Biden, he did this. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you this. With Biden doing that, he has endorsed immoral behavior. <gasps> what you mean, Isaac? Do you, you just talk about the LGBT? Look, I, I respect him. I respect him. If you're over 18 and you want to be called he, dim, they, she, whatever your pronoun is, you have the right to tell me that. I have the right as American citizens to say, well, I, I disagree with you. But ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's immoral. Why is it immoral? Because at the same event, there was a trans activist who was a biological male transitioned to a woman. And they were invited to this event. And the, 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 the trans activist, uh, I'm trying to think, of the, is a TikTok influencer who goes by the name of Rose Montana. My, uh, Montoyota. Montoyota. Um, and like we said, a he's, this person is a biological male that transitioned to a woman. And they were invited to this event and they were, they talked to the president. They went around, but during the TikTok video, this trans activist that is popular on TikTok went ahead 
Now remember this. I'm, I'm just to be just to be clear. This was a biological man that transitioned to a woman and did apparently the whole process because he got boobs or she got boobs, whatever they got boobs, whatever you want to go ahead and say it. Went ahead and fly and took went topless on the White House lawn. There was also a biological woman who transitioned to a man, went topless and showing the muscles. Ladies and gentlemen, on the White House lawn, went topless. This is why I say this is a this is a lifestyle of immorality. Oh, well, hold on. There's one example. I know there's a lot of examples of the LGBTQ community and their activists being immoral to try to get the views and get the points out there that we need to accept this lifestyle on the White House. Oh, now the White House has condemned this, but it puts them in a pickle because do they condemn it or do they accept it? Now, this trans activist has been banned from, from the White House, which is the ironic thing. We welcome you with open arms. You can't come in because you showed your boobs. Ladies and gentlemen, how far, how low can America go before the American citizens say enough is enough? You have people that are part of the LGBTQ community going on the White House lawn and showing their boobs. You have trans people going topless. You have a certain dress code you have to follow. Don't even walk into the White House. And these people, the, these people that, that are that are supposed to celebrate pride, is that pride throwing your throwing around your chest your chest to get views on TikTok? Now the person that that the influencer has said, "Well, this is wrong. They shouldn't have done that." You 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 went topless at the White House. Now the media has shockingly has done a good job saying, "Well, you know, this isn't right." But this story has been covered. Why? Because it happened under Biden's watch. If this would happen under Donald Trump's watch, uh, it would be a different story. But and then is there some on the left that would say, well, Donald Trump would never have a pride event at the White House. You can argue that. Uh, but what if he had a, a Second Amendment thing and somebody brought an AR-15 in there? Oh, they're promoting violence. Oh, it's kind of funny that, they, that one, one, one group, everything they do is promoting violence. But when you call out the immorality and you call out the, 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 the stupidity of another group. Oh, all of us. Oh, hey, look, look, to be clear that uh, there's some people in the LGBTQ community that's not that crazy. Like I said, I know people that are part of the LGBTQ community. And they don't act like this. But there's some that they, they try to make a name and they will do anything they can. But remember, guys, Biden put up a flag, the pride flag above all the American flags to say he endorsed this type of thing. The White House would say, no, no, we don't endorse that. That was immoral. No, 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 no. I don't care. Your actions speak louder than your words. And it's sad that we have an America that a president will put a flag above the American flag showing where his loyalty is. It's not to America. And we already know he was not America first. But he showed his loyalty to a, a 1% of the community of America. And then when they go ahead and pull out this topless display. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't condone that. We're going to ban them from, uh, from ever coming to the White House again. Why? 
because it proves what I just proved right here. Because I, look, like I said, I, I don't know if I have any people in the LGBTQ community that listen to this. I've just, I've been, I spent the last two, uh, two segments saying y'all my family. And if you continue listening, thank you for listening. But there's some in the community, some in the community, LGBTQ community that, that, um, that is immoral. And it's sad. It's sad that those are the people that get lifted up. With that being said, we're going to come back in a few moments with Norman Solomon. He is the author of War Made Invisible. We'll be talking with him for a few minutes. Please stay tuned for that. Until, uh, until then, we'll see you in a few moments. Cheers and good on you, boys and girls. My name is Scott Ford, and I have a show on Rumble. It's the Scott Ford Show, all one word. The Scott Ford Show, all one word, and it's on Rumble. I'd be very happy if you went ahead and subscribed, like Isaac. I'm a true American-loving patriot. Thank you, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. You're my peace of mind. When this old world seems to get me down. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. I have a guest with me, uh, Mr. Norman Solomon. He is the writer of the new book that came out at the time of this recording, War Made Invisible. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mr. Solomon. Mr. Solomon, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. Oh, thanks a lot for inviting me. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, you have a new book out. This is one of several books you have written. And uh, I want to thank you personally uh, for sending me a copy of it. I got it right here. Uh, started reading it. Uh, I'm about maybe one quarter of the way through. Unfortunately, I'm not a fast reader, but uh, a very interesting book. You got some good things in here. Uh, just want to ask you, um, what was the book about? And uh, tell us a little bit about the research. Well, really, it's about the ways that in our last few decades in this country, war has become very normal, usual, like white noise, just uh, the, the wallpaper of the media echo chamber. We are so used to it, like, you know, fish in water after a while, what water? We get it constantly, and we're hearing less and less about it. And yet the results are really large. Uh, and so really it's important, I think, to take a fresh look, step back and say, where's the money going? Why is most of the discretionary budget of the U.S. going to the military? What's going on at home? What do we need for people in the United States? And how is it that the news media don't really tell us much about the effects of these wars? And the effects are devastating. We, you know, we just came out of the longest active war in the United States, which is Afghanistan. Um, President Biden uh, really did a bad job pulling out our troops out of that. Uh, but for years, we heard all oh, uh, weapons of mass destruction. Uh, this was uh, saving the country of Iraq and Afghanistan. And unfortunately, as history is being told now that Afghanistan isn't a free nation no more. It just went right back to the Taliban. Well, as you say, we were told, for instance, with Iraq, there were weapons of mass destruction, so the United States had to attack. And that was a lie. That was intentional deception. It was mostly engineered uh, not only by the uh, Bush administration in general, 
but Vice President Cheney in particular, and part of the technique was uh, he would find uh, really dubious, uh, shady sources that were really unreliable. He would pump it up. Uh, he would sell it to some journalists. And I'm talking about places like the New York Times and the Washington Post. They'd put it on the front page. Then he'd go on the network TV and say, I'm, I'm not just saying this. It's also being said by the New York Times and the Washington Post. So it was a scam. And I have to say the war machinery of the last decades, it's been a bipartisan scam. It's been Democrats and Republicans in Washington who are more interested in satisfying the lobbyists of the military industry. And I don't really feel it's even a defense industry. Those who are making billions of dollars in profits, CEOs, making enormous amounts of personal income, the shareholders of getting the rich richer, this is making a killing on war. And as I think you're referring to, we've had several thousand Americans die in Iraq. We've had many more injured. We've had many, many more come home with PTSD, what used to be called shell shock in World War I. Whatever you call it, it's really a struggle for people. And why should Americans and those who are subjected to U.S. wars and U.S. firepower why should our lives be so distorted and sometimes destroyed because a lot of military contractors want to make more money and we have politicians who are basically engaged in propaganda. And you, you say propaganda. It, it, isn't it true that majority of these wars are, they have a, a, a backroom agenda to it as well? Um, you know, you, you mentioned um Cheney earlier, Dick, uh, Dick Cheney, um, him and President Bush. And look, I, 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 I didn't agree with everything with President Bush, but um, this, this is one of the things. Didn't we go to Iraq and Afghanistan basically for oil? We know because of 9-11 and everything that happened like that, but like Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, it wasn't Saddam Hussein that, that went ahead and attacked us. We All of a sudden we're declaring for war and we're trying to protect, in their words, the oil reserves out there. I think it's a great point because Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi government, I mean, I went there before the war as a journalist. It was a repressive regime, but it had nothing to do with 9-11. They hated al-Qaeda out of the Iraqi government and vice versa. It was a secular government, the last thing that al-Qaeda wanted. But as you say, tremendous oil reserves in Iraq and Cheney and his friends and Hal Burton, they had maps of the oil reserves and the grade and quality of the oil in different parts of Iraq. Several years later, and I quote them in my, my book, high U.S. government officials said, why do we pretend the war in Iraq wasn't about oil? It was mainly about oil. That's the kind of truth that if we had heard more early on before the invasion, maybe it could have been stopped. And it would have saved countless lives because, you you know, a war like that, and because you go back in history, and I, I'm a big history buff, the Revolutionary War freed this country. The Civil War brought this country back together. You had the, the Congress isn't supposed to make uh, declare war on a drive a drop of a dime. Right. And you know a, a lot of people, and I can't remember the Congresswoman's name when she voted against that when we declared war to go into Al Qaeda to go fight Al Qaeda or this war on terror, as you say in your book. Uh, she said no, and people, oh, you're unpatriotic. You're you're being dogmatic. Why? But she, 
the one thing I do agree with on she wanted to look at the the uh, the problem and look war is a big deal. We should make sure all our ducks are in a row and make sure that it, it's saving people's lives, not hurting it. Absolutely, I think you're referring to Barbara Lee, the yes, congresswoman yes, from yes, California. She had to get bodyguards after she voted no to go to war because there was such a a war hysteria whipped up. You know, when the flag is waved and the president says we've got to go fight the evildoers and the news media are telling us that has to happen. There's a tremendous amount of momentum. And I looked at polling that I quote in the book right at that time when Congresswoman Lee was the only person to vote against authorization for use of military force, first against Afghanistan, then later against Iraq. The amount of hostility towards her was mirrored in the kind of media coverage we got whether it's the, the local paper in New Orleans or New York or San Francisco or anywhere else, they were for attacking Afghanistan. And it was just a group think. It was uh, conformity, follow the herd. It didn't matter whether someone uh, was a high school dropout or a PhD. The chances were overwhelming. They would say, oh, we must go and attack Afghanistan. And I looked at the Gallup poll at that time, a few weeks after 9-11, when it was clear the U.S. was planning to attack Afghanistan, but it hadn't quite started yet. It was stunning. 90% of the U.S. public told Gallup poll that they wanted the U.S. to attack Afghanistan. 5% said no, and 5% said they weren't sure. Well, what kind of country can whip up this enthusiasm for war that one out of 20 was the only number that was saying, no, we shouldn't go ahead and do that. This is uh, mind blowing that we have that kind of a propaganda system. And I think that this goes way behind and beyond any matter of party, Democrat, Republican, uh, less and less does this have anything to do with liberal, conservative, socialist, right wing, whatever. This cuts across. You have, pardon my language, maniacs in Congress who are Republicans and who are Democrats who are bloodthirsty for war. The lobbyists are telling them that it's necessary. And oh, by the way, our stock shares are going to keep going way up. That's sort of parenthetical, but well understood because the more weapons sold to the Pentagon and the more weapons the Pentagon provides to Ukraine, the bigger profits for the elites. I think we are looking at a tremendous crisis. Martin Luther King Jr. described it as the madness of militarism. And just like Congresswoman Barbara Lee, when Dr. King denounced the Vietnam War in 1967, and I quote him in the book, he also needed bodyguards. He was vilified. Why don't you just, the message from the news media, including the so-called liberal media and the conservative media was, why doesn't he stay in his place? He's doing a disservice to his people. The United States must go to Vietnam. Stay in your lane, Dr. King. And of course, it turned out he was absolutely correct. So so I got a question on that because you talked about Congresswoman Lee, talked about Martin Luther King. You, you, you mentioned him in the book. Do, and I, I, I believe I read that the part in the, already in the book. And I, I just like you to reiterate that to my audience. Do you think these big yeah. shell corporations... And these, um, the, the uh, and the Pentagon and some in the uh, some in the Senate, some in the House, 
are they using patriotism to get money? I think absolutely for their careers. Now, they want campaign contributions for re-elections. A lot of them swing through a revolving door. They might be in the Senate or the House now, but in five or 10 years, they may swing out of there and go on the board of major corporations that are selling weapons to the Pentagon. There's a door that swings both ways, and often the lobbyists then run for Congress. So they, they have money that they know they will gain. They will get financial support and leverage if they do that. It's really a corrosive influence, and they might be, quote-unquote, sincere, but it's hard to bite the hand that's signing your paycheck. And in a lot of instances, they may have some doubts. They may be unsure, but what tips it over, the tipping point is, other people are doing it. I don't want to have my political head above the barricade. I don't want to be vilified. I don't want to be defeated in the next re-election. And the net result is we have way too many sheep in Congress who just go along. They're led by the nose. And we are suffering as a result. That's where I believe, and let me just acknowledge, I was a Bernie Sanders delegate to the Democratic National Convention. And one of the things that Bernie Sanders has done is he has transcended the left-right stuff. He went to a conservative state, West Virginia, in, in 2016. He won every county against Hillary Clinton. He was not a warmonger, and he was saying that the elites, what he called the oligarchy, have way too much power in this country. I think we have a challenge to move ahead and say, let's call it what it is. We have uh, huge corporations profiteering from war while the people in our own country are suffering and the people who are being bombed and strafed in other countries, courtesy of U.S. taxpayers, they are just as much human beings as we are. And why don't we acknowledge that? And, and that, that's why I want to ask you as well, because, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this and say, well, uh, Mr. Norman, are you against the military? I, I, I don't get that from you. But you 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 want it to be where, look, it's justified. Uh, cause I read in your book, we just didn't have war. It wasn't just the Iraq war or the Vietnam war. We, you know, Obama sent troops to Syria. You, uh, Trump, in my opinion, I think was the only one that did not start a war. And he was in the process of pulling and stopping us from war because he understood that, hey, it's costing us money there. Just in Iraq alone, we left over a billion dollars worth of equipment that now Al Qaeda has access to. And now we're we're not in Ukraine per se, but a lot of almost a billion dollars or so have went to Ukraine, and we're not we don't even have a foot soldier that I'm aware of in that nation right now. Well, it's very lucrative. I mean, just again, selling these weapons, providing these weapons really to Ukraine. There's a lot of money now, a lot of money being made. Something has happened that I think is very dangerous. The word diplomacy has become a dirty word. And you have a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans on Capitol Hill saying, I don't want to hear about diplomacy. We have to defeat the Russians. We have to. And this is a way of saying, keep the war going, boys. Keep sending the weapons. Keep making the billions of dollars for the corporations. They don't say it that way, but that's the way it boils down. In terms of respecting the military, I respect the troops. I don't respect when a commander-in-chief manipulates the troops, forces them to go into a war based on lies. That's something else. I agree with you. And, and like you said, it's, it isn't a left and a right issue. It is, you had Bush. You had Obama. Like I said, 
the only one and maybe this is why they don't like trump that much is because of trump saying look we need to get out these senseless wars we need to stop spending money overseas and he was trying to say america first and these people are not necessarily saying america first they're saying look we're first and to make this prop make us profitable we're gonna have to start these wars with people and fill our own pockets well, it's an interesting point because the styles diff- are different. You know, a, a Bush or uh, an Obama, they speak differently uh, and so forth. In terms of Trump, you know, his rhetoric would really vary. Uh, sometimes in the same speech, he would say, uh, those Democrats, they're a bunch of wimps. They don't stand up for America. You know, he threatened to uh, make uh, the soil of North Korea uh, radioactive, you know. But then he also will say, the Democrats are dragging us into wars we have no right to be in, we should not be in. So, you know, if I could edit the speech, I'd say I, I like the part that doesn't contradict the other part. Also in terms of Russia, uh, there was, I think, uh, good statements from Trump saying we shouldn't polarize with Russia, we shouldn't make more enemy relationships with Russia or China, but turning around, he funneled a lot of money to NATO, he got trashed for criticizing NATO. So then he made nice with NATO. Mm-hmm. And he, in fact, canceled a vital treaty. This is something that Trump did unilaterally canceled the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which was a great accomplishment under Reagan in the 1980s. It got rid of an entire category of medium range missiles in Europe, Russia and the United States. And Reagan was very wise to agree to that to sign it to promote it. Trump killed it. So This is tremendous momentum from what Dr. King called that madness of militarism. And we, I think, have a opportunity, responsibility, and need to say, we're going to see through it because, frankly, every president in my lifetime has been good at blowing smoke about how they want peace, they don't want to have confrontation, but the military-industrial complex, and you can tell by the budget because whether it was Bush, Obama, Trump or Biden, they all fought to increase the military spending of the U.S. Treasury while people are going hungry in our own country. Yeah, and the inflation is going through the roof and we're, we're spending more money. And, and see, a lot of people look at me when they hear, they hear me talk about, hey, let's stop the spending. And, that, and I'm more of a Ron Paul type of person on that part where, hey, look, hey, let's cut, mm-hmm. the, let's cut the budget clear across the board. And I, if you remember, I, I, maybe six months ago when Rand Paul first came out with that, that was one of the first things conservatives attacked him on. Oh, you want to cut the defense budget and you want to cut this and cut that. And it, it's funny how they always go to that to try to keep their money as well. Yeah. And the language is really important. You know, as George Orwell said, the words don't cause us to have sloppy thoughts, but it makes it easier. And that's the word defense, because we are told you want to cut the defense budget? Well, I wouldn't cut a defense budget if it was really for defense. I agree with you. That's the problem. (laughs) A lot of it has nothing to do with defense, but it has a lot to do with helping some individual profiteers who are CEOs or major stockholders. It helps them buy another yacht or buy another uh, Learjet, but that shouldn't be what our budget and priorities are about. You know, it said that the budget is the moral document. And when it's not a moral document, then it is an immoral document. And my own belief is that we shouldn't be spending anywhere near this much money for bombers and bombs and aircraft carriers 
What's wrong with feeding people? I mean, I really want to know what's the problem with that. We just had a forced debt ceiling legislation enacted that cuts food allotments for poor kids. Uh, I just don't get it. It's more worth <laughs> I know what it is. Kids are not as important as filling in the pockets of our back pockets. Evidently, that's uh, what the power elite say. So, so before I, I, I ask you to go ahead and uh, I tell people where they can get the book, because it did come out at the time of this recording, which is June thirteenth. Uh, this episode is going to come out. Uh, this interview is going to come out on our next podcast. Um, I, uh, you know, I read in the email when we was uh, in contact. And getting ready, um, I want to I want to know your thoughts on the current issues with Donald Trump. Um, it, it, it you know Trump Trump is indicted. He has been indicted for the second time on federal charges, thirty seven counts. Um, and it's it, it looks like it's funny how you know we're talking about defense spendings and all this stuff. If you notice, one of the main regimes that are what the left and socialists try to do to try to build up their military presence. Then they try to start taking rights away and they get rid of their political opponents. Uh, do you see it as this way or do, do what, what are your thoughts on this whole indictment of Donald Trump and federal charges? Well, I think if uh, a substantial portion of what the indictments allege is actually true, then what he did is unprecedented. You know, any president that would take, that kind of classified material and strew it all around and have it unsecured and so forth. There's just no precedent for that. I do contrast the indictment, which is 31 of the counts are for alleged violations of the Espionage Act, to an Espionage Act conviction. And I mention him in the book, a U.S. Air Force veteran named Daniel Hale who is now in the middle of serving a 45-month service uh, ser sentence in Marion High Security Prison in Illinois, federal prison. He's partway through a four, nearly four-year sentence because he provided classified documents to the media that showed that almost 90% in many cases of U.S. drone strikes were killing civilians. So here's somebody who has the courage to take classified documents and provide them to the press because the American people are supposed to know. It's supposed to be the informed consent of the governed in democracy. And it's like no good deed goes unpunished. This really good deed got really punished. They threw the book at him. He violates the, they're told, they say, the government uh, convinces uh, the court that he violated uh, the uh, Espionage Act. He's in the slammer and in a high security slammer at that. If he had been allowed to tell in the court why he did what he did, which is forbidden under the Espionage Act, if he was allowed to say the reason why he disclosed his information, he might have never gone to prison. Now, Donald Trump is under the same restrictions if and when this goes to trial, and I guess it will, he also will not be allowed to say why he did what he did. In the case of the Air Force veteran, it would be called a public interest defense, that he shared the classified information in the public interest. From what I know about Donald Trump, 
there's no way he could make that defense. Whatever the heck he did, it wasn't for the public interest. Now, now one more question before, because you, you're talking about Donald Trump. Do you think this is why a lot of people and I'm hearing in my inner circles, why a lot of people think, hey, this is a partisan uh, wish hunt mm -hmm. and all that. Mike Pence got cleared uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Hey, you didn't do no criminal actions. We're not coming against you. Uh, Biden's investigation still isn't underway. They say they haven't interviewed him. They haven't done no paperwork. I think the only one thing they're looking at is, hey, did the documents get wet in the garage? Um, you had Hillary Clinton delete 30,000 some emails. Do you see this as a tutorial justice system? How, hey, if you're part of the establishment and you go with everything we want, you're fine. You're not going to get touched. But if you're going against the system, uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're out of luck. Well, I think if we look at both the Pence and, and Biden situations, when they found the documents from everything we know, uh, they turned them over. And the real main charges against uh, Trump is not only that he had classified documents, but there seems to be a huge amount of evidence that he, he scammed it. He kept the stuff, he lied, he maneuvered to not give it up that he had no right to it. So it's not about personalities. I might like or dislike the personalities and the political persona of Biden or Pence or Trump. That's sort of irrelevant, but they're different situations it'll come out in the wash what it really is. I think that one of our major challenges is that we have a society that is so polarized and I don't want to be partisan about this because I fault both parties about the war machinery that they're part of. When I look at something like what's been going on in Florida and the coded language, I'm very disturbed. You know, we've, we've as I think people on the grassroots, We've gone beyond racism. You know, we have a long way to go, but we've gone way beyond that. But you got a lot of code words going on here, especially most overtly from now Ron DeSantis. And again, it's not about personalities, but we want to have a society where everybody is equal under the law and there's not a lot of uh, um, rhetoric thrown around that's like a coded language because that's the past. That's not our future. Uh, not to get corny about it, but whatever our race or gender or sexual orientation, we're all brothers and sisters. And when we forget that, or we let demagogic politicians try to play on our worst prejudices, I don't think that's a good future. And we have to change it because we got to make that future bright for our young ones that are coming up. Amen. So, so Mr. Norman, uh, thank you again for being on the show. It was an honor and a blessing to have this conversation with you. Uh, again, I have the book right here. Y'all gave me an advanced copy. I appreciate that. Um, can you let people know where they can find your book and uh, if they have any questions or concerns, to how to get, get in touch with y'all? Sure. I love to hear from people. The book is out, as you say, just a matter of a day or so. And I do have a website. It's normansolomon.com. That's N-O-R-M-A-N-S-O-L-O-M-O-N.com. And there is a way to click and send me an email. And the book, War Made Invisible, is available through pretty much any online bookseller now, whether it's Amazon or some of the smaller non-corporate ones. Uh, and I really appreciate hearing from anybody who uh, uh, reads it. And I welcome all any thoughts, uh, whatever people uh, could share with me. Uh, I certainly would appreciate it. Now, they can also find your other books on that website, correct? Yes, that's for sure. So on a, on a different note, how many books have you written so far? Well, this is my 13th. Oh, wow. And it came out on June 13th. What about that? 
Yes, it, it did. And, um, you know, it, it was a long time coming. I got you anything in the works yet? Because, you know, if you ever write a book, you got to get back with me. Uh, you know, I am uh, so um, much wanting to share some thoughts about this one and hear what people have to say. So uh, I'll have to wait and see. Hey, we'll be, we'll be waiting for you. How about that? Okay. Hey, you got a deal. Hey. All right, everybody. That was Mr. Norman Solomon. He is the writer of the book War Made Invisible, How America Hides the Human Toll of His uh, Military Machine. It is out now. Go ahead and check it out on uh, Amazon and other places where you buy your books. Uh, great book, guys. Great book uh, in the middle of reading it, learning a lot of stuff. I always love reading books and learning things new. So with that being said, I want to thank you again for listening to the Cajun Conservative Show. Please remember to hit the subscribe or the follow button that you are listening on or watching on. Could be on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, please go ahead and uh, share with your friends. Remember, Jesus Christ is king. He's coming back and he's coming back soon. So don't be fate of heart because Jesus has overcome the world. If you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior reach out to me. I'll tell you how to make Jesus your savior and heaven your home. So until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. We'll see you on the next episode. He said that Jesus Christ has risen and he is the open door.